swing and a line drive left field. Benintendi coming on, dives, and did he make the catch? He did. He got it. Here we go. Time to party right here. 3-2. High the He crushed it. It's a grand slam. Swing and a miss. Strike three. It's over. The Red Sox have won the world championship. Welcome to Benny and the Bets podcast. Can you believe it? Here's your host, Terry Cushman. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Benny and the Bets podcast. Tonight, covering Boston Red Sox baseball, as well as a little bit of MLB wide. Uh, If you're listening now on iTunes, Spotify, thank you very much. Red Sox basically, hopefully, getting into a busy week here after a very quiet uh, offseason thus far. So, joining me tonight is Al Nahigian, who will be with us every early week edition of the podcast, mostly Sunday nights. Glad to have you with us uh, long term at this point, Al. Yeah, glad to be a part of the Benny and the Bets podcast long term. It seems like we just had good chemistry from the jump. Uh, I'm sorry I don't have much energy right now. I just came back from the Pats game, even though it was disappointing. And uh, But yeah, it should be a fun season. Let's put it that way. Very interesting one, and uh, possibly with a much uh, different roster, uh, you know, versus what we trotted out the last couple. Also joining us tonight is uh, kind of one of my teammates from Bosox Injection. You can find him on Twitter at Maximilian725. Max Bozikas. Max, how are you? Good. How are you? Thank you for having me on tonight. Yeah, no problem. Uh, let's just dive right into it, guys. Uh, as I kind of alluded to in the opening, there's very much a lack of activity with the Red Sox and with all these teams looking to buy, you know, all these people, these teams connected to Garrett Cole and uh, Anthony Rendon and some smaller signings already basically, you know, gotten done. Zach Wheeler with the Phillies, the uh, catcher there, Yasmani Grandal with the White Sox. Brave, Braves pounced on uh, Cole Hamels. Red Sox not doing a whole lot of buying. And I just haven't, don't really remember an offseason where we've been mainly sellers at this point. Al, what are your thoughts so far? I mean, you pretty much hit the nail on the head. I mean, the Red Sox have not really been doing anything. I mean, obviously, there's been the rumors of Mookie Betts potentially in a trade. And now we're hearing the rumors about David Price or Nathan Evaldi in a trade. So maybe, you know, maybe there's something in the works for the next couple of weeks. Maybe we'll see something before winter weekend. But, yeah, it's been too quiet. And uh, not sure if I'm liking it a lot. Max, what are your thoughts? Well, I think that obviously Red Sox fans, we're not used to this. And I think that we kind of have to come to a place of acceptance that this team is just, they're punting right now. Um, Not a lot going on in terms of buying. They're going to have to sell 
at least one of their starting pitchers. Um, it's going to be a really depressing winter, I think, for Red Sox Nation. Yeah, and which one's going to be easier to move, Price or Evaldi? Both have three years left. Evaldi at roughly $17 million a year. David Price, uh, $31 million a year is his AAV. Also three years remaining. Which one's more movable, Al? David Price, 100%, because Price obviously is better talented-wise. And obviously, he still can be a main pitcher in a staff for a contending team, whether he goes out to the National League or, you know, an American League team wants to swoop in on him. I think he'd be better off the National League at this point in his career. But Price, you you have to try to sell first because obviously that's more money off the books. You're probably going to have to eat some, but you're still going to get something. Eovaldi has too much of an MO of – being injured throughout his career. Obviously, he was injured last season, which is why he didn't pitch that much in 2019. But it seems like Price would just be the right move. I agree as well. I mean, when we traded for Evaldi, a lot of people were looking at some of the advanced metrics and whatnot and how his cutter had kind of emerged and... I just never really bought into him. He's never been super stellar. You know, he parlayed that entire four-year deal on three epic postseason starts. And I think his numbers are what they are. I don't I don't think he's ever going to go on a run. I mean, I can't really think of another pitcher right now that got off to a slow start and then kind of reined it in and became you know that semi top of the rotation guy and even though he makes just a little over half of what price makes i, I got to agree i think price is the better value he has a better pedigree and you know he's been there before and you can kind of sell him on other teams that he's gotten that postseason monkey off his back well not well not only that too if you think about it this way too Evaldi does have good stuff as far as an electric fastball, good breaking ball, etc. So if he can stay healthy, he can be an asset, even if Price does get dealt. Max, who do you think is more tradable of the two? It's easily Price. I think Evaldi's value got tanked after this past season. And with Price, I think an underrated factor that the Red Sox might look at is that if they trade one of these pitchers, they're going to have to sign two starters. If you trade Price, you have the ability to sign both a lefty and a righty, which gives them a little bit more flexibility. Whereas if they trade Evaldi, they have to trade or they have to sign two righties. So I think, in terms of them trying to sign two more starters on a budget, it'll make it a little bit easier for them to move on from Price. Not only will they save more money, but it'll give them some more flexibility. If Price does get traded, shouldn't Dennis Eckersley be the one to drive him to the airport? With, with, oh, the pa- with the Patriots losing tonight, and I was looking through Twitter, that was the one tweet that actually made me smirk a little bit, so thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I tweeted that about an hour ago. Yeah, so we'll, we'll have to see what emerges, but, uh, you know, a move could be made 
on uh, either guy. I could see a team like the Brewers maybe taking a flyer on on a guy like Evaldi. You know, one of those smaller market teams. But I, I think for sure Price is the guy to go. Uh, what about this, uh, you know, kind of tidbit that a couple of reporters have mentioned? I think Joel Sherman was was one, and I'm not sure if a, a Red Sox, I want to say maybe Alex Spear, but I could definitely be wrong there. What about the idea that the Red Sox might attach a guy like Andrew Benintendi to one of those two pitchers to kind of help facilitate the deal and entice more teams into doing it? Al, would you be supportive of a move like that? Me personally, I wouldn't be because I think Mookie's going to be gone this offseason. So if you get rid of Mookie and then you throw Benintendi in a deal with Price or with Ivaldi, then you're just depleting your outfield. Now, granted, Hyam Bloom is not big on Andrew Benintendi. That's what a couple of reports have said. So is it going to surprise I, I mean, if you have to shed some money off the books to keep Mookie long term, and you know Mookie will sign long term. If that happens, then you have to do it. Then so those do it. Uh, you're uh, you're a little choppy with your uh, audio. All right, I'll see if I can fix that. Um, Max, what what do you think about the idea? You know of of maybe attaching Ben and Tendy to you know a trade like that. I, I'm not a huge fan of the idea, but I think that if it if the Red Sox can add Benintendi to one of those players and then ensure that they eat less of the contract, then I'm for it. But otherwise, I'm not a giant fan of the idea because of the possibility of Mookie Betts being traded as well. I'm actually... I hate the idea... I absolutely hate the idea. I mean, number one, we don't, even if we keep Mookie and say we trade Bradley, we don't have a ton of, of outfield depth as it is. You, you'd almost have to get back a major league ready outfielder in one of those trades. And I kind of take the opposite stance. I might actually try to extend Benintendi while his value is a little low because typically he is a high average guy at or above 300. His OBP is typically in the upper threes. And I just feel like he, he will break out and he will get into that consistent groove. When Xander Bogarts came up, he had all the hype in the world, you know, in, in a lot of different ways, you know, offensively, they thought he would have a lot more pop, you know, earlier in his career. And it took him a little while, you know. He was hitting for good contact in 2016, 2017. And then 2018, we started seeing, you know, the power just kind of ramp up. And luckily, we got him at a bargain. But I think Ben Benintendi could be one of those guys. And... I would just hate to just give him away just to just to get rid of Price or or Eovaldi. I just, I mean, who else do we have? Say, say Mookie or Bradley are gone. One of the two definitely will be, and I, I think Bradley definitely. You know, there's been a lot of teams checking in on him and a lot of reports. 
I mean, who do you have outside of Benintendi? I'm a huge proponent of, of putting Chavis out there, but who, who do you get to, to add to your depth? I mean, that's the problem, especially because of how bleak the farm system is right now. They have nobody ready to come up from there. And so, like you said, they would have to get somebody back who can play in the outfield every day. I think moving Chavis out to left or something like that would be interesting. But, I mean, in the event that it actually comes down to that, I don't know. I would rather just have Benintendi out there, especially due to the potential he's flashed. I mean, as far as prospects go, who else can you really get rid of? Tanner Hawk, maybe, you know, Tristan Cassis, maybe. That's about it. This farm system's depleted. So I, I don't know who else you could give up, and I'm truly stumped. Yeah, and Ben Benintendi was open to an extension uh, last offseason, but the, the Red Sox weren't in a position to do it. And, uh, you know, in Bregman's contract, which was like five or six years at, at $20 million per year, they bought up a lot of his arbitration was was a big part of it. So I think Bregman's deal only really added a year or two beyond what the team had for control. But that was the comp at the time. So I just, I hope it doesn't happen. And I, there's nothing official confirming that the Red Sox are, in fact, trying to do that. But... Um, you know, we'll just kind of keep an eye on it, uh, throughout the week as things get hot and heavy. Uh, also what happened this week, Sandy Leone, non-tender, no, excuse me. He was not non-tendered. He was traded to the Cleveland Indians for a right-handed pitcher who hasn't pitched above rookie ball. His name's Adanis Bautista. And his ERA in his limited time in rookie ball is just over 10. So, yuck. Not much. Hey, David Price would be offended by that word. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so not getting a lot there. It was probably a move to clear, uh, you know, roughly two and a half, three million off the books. How do you feel, Al, about not having Sandy around anymore? Eh, I can take it or leave it. I mean, I guess granted people said that he was so great with the pitching staff, but look at last year. They brought him back, and the pitching staff didn't do much, and he can't hit his weight at the plate on either side, right-handed or left-handed. So thanks, Sandy Leon, for being a part of 2018, but it's time to move on from you. So I could care less. See you later. He can't hit Garen Austin's weight either most of the time, but – uh, Max, what, what were your oh, thoughts boy. when you when you heard the news that Sandy Leone had been traded? Uh, nothing but indifference, really. I mean, he already hit the nail on the head. He made no difference last year, despite everyone thinking he oh he works so well with the pitching staff. But I mean, I think they can find a backup catcher who makes less and does practically the same thing. I'm going to miss him a little bit. I mean, Chris Sale probably threw a tantrum, you know, when he got the news. Uh, but he, here are the actual numbers the last three seasons, you know, how the pitchers were with Sandy and then how they were with Vasquez. Chris Sale, 2017, 263 ERA with Sandy, 
13.50 with Vasquez. That was a small sample size, though. 2018 with Sandy Leone, Chris Sale, 2.04 was 2.27 with Vasquez. And then in 2019, uh, Sale was 3.79 with Leone, 6.68 with uh, Vasquez. So remarkably, there is a difference, uh, you know, with Chris Sale. Uh, David Price, uh, three years ago, 2017, did not throw a single pitch to uh, Vasquez, uh, excuse me, to Leon. So nothing to go on there. And 2018, oh, excuse me, I'm already flubbing it. 2017 with Vasquez, Price was uh, 3.45. Skip to 2018, he had a 2.37 with Leon, 4.68 with Vasquez. 2019 with Sandy Leone, price was 5.59, 4.15 with Vasquez. And then finally, uh, I'll leave it with Porcello here. Um, Porcello was 4.47 in 2017 with Leone, 5.36 with Vasquez. 2018, he was 4.25 with Sandy. Uh, and then in 2018, pitched zero games to uh, Vasquez, and then finally last year, 4.44 was Porcello with Leon, and then 6.37 with Vasquez. So the numbers are pretty stark. You know, they definitely do like pitching to Sandy. The only reverse split in favor of Vasquez was uh, David Price last year. Um, was better with Vasquez by basically a run and a half. So, I I mean, I can't sit here and say that that was a terrible trade and the Red Sox are doomed, but they're going to miss him for sure. But you have to be able to move on with Vasquez anyway, so it is what it is. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, Chris Sale, I'm not too worried about. He's shown he's capable of being a great pitcher without Leon. Just look at his career in Chicago. So I think that, you know, as, as long as he can get healthy and adjust, I think he'll be okay. Yeah, and I think the Cleveland staff is going to love him. And we'll get into the MLB wide stuff in a little bit if we have time. But I will say, though, that I do expect the Cleveland Indians to have a huge bounce back year. They got Corey Kluber healthy. Mike Clevenger pitched like an ace you know, last year. He spent a little bit of time on the DL. Hopefully, they'll have Carlos Carrasco back for a full season. He had uh, leukemia, still does, but apparently it's under control. And then the emergence of Shane Bieber, Adam Savali. I think they're going to find ways to get Leon, you know, catching some of those guys with Perez. And uh, I think Cleveland's going to take that division, even if they trade Francisco Lindor. Bold take. That is bold. a pretty bold take. I just the twins that, already lost Gibson, so they got to replace him. And he, you know, Gibson went to the Rangers on a three-year deal. Well, but, but then again, Terry, you're also not uh, shy when it comes to your bold takes. So uh, I, this is just expected of you by now. I've never had a take below 100 degrees. I don't think. But <laughs> just ask. 
Ask all the Twitter fights you've had. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see. And I love Francona, so, you know, if the Red Sox can't get there, I, I love to see his team do well. Um, getting kind of back into the Red Sox aspect of the winter meetings, if you could put a percentage on it, Al, you know, 1% to 100%, what are the chances Mookie gets dealt? Before, like, so you're talking just winter week, or I'm sorry, you're talking just the winter meetings, you're talking, is that all? Yeah, basically before Thursday by midnight. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it like a 20% chance because you know what? I think that with the, with the Red Sox, I mean, there was a report the other day that said apparently they weren't seeking a trade for Mookie, which is one of two things. I think they're either just trying to buy time to find the right deal or, and it's a smoke screen or they really don't want to trade him. So I don't think it's something that's done before Thursday. I just don't think they have the right deal in place yet. I think they're going to explore all their options before they pull the trigger on the trade. What would you give it, Max? I give it about a five percent chance because we haven't heard any serious like thunder on a Mookie Betts trade yet. I think we'll hear some rumblings over the week, but I don't think anything will really pick up. I'll, I'm going to go significantly higher. I'll put it at about fifty percent. Um, a, a speculative article came out uh, about an hour ago uh, from the New York. Post and they're speculating maybe the Mets will make a play. They historically have not had a very good outfield other than the month and a half Joanna Cespedes was healthy. And, you know, so that's kind of an interesting, you know, possibility. Their GM is in his second year, already kind of on the hot seat. Brody Van Wagenen, his. His wheeling and dealing can be a little erratic, so I could see something happening along those lines. The Reds have uh, made some interesting moves. They actually signed Mike Moustakis this week on a four-year, $64 million uh, deal, so 16 a year is what he'll be making. I could see them looking, you know, potentially, you know, at an upgrade in their outfield uh, to go along with uh, Nick Senzel. But, uh, you know, and then maybe, you know, the Dodgers, who knows. But, yeah, I'll put it at about 50%. And, Al, you did bring up the basically what was the Jeff Passan report. And he did uh, basically surmise that the Red Sox would be more apt to hang on to Mookie and then focus on trading you know price and evaldi and and like you said i agree i mean there could be multiple motives behind that maybe the red sox are just trying to give their you know starting pitching some momentum and another team actually to look out for is texas because you know they got a new stadium being built and they've said they they want to compete you know next year so and uh, they're you know one of the front runners for Rendon. So, you know, maybe that's the direction they're going to go, but I think it, it could be an interesting week for Mookie. Let's just hope he's in a Red Sox uniform when it's, when the week's over. Let's just hope. I don't need more bad news this week. <laughs> yeah. I'm on the opposite end. That, to me, that's good news, but uh, Max, oh, well, it can be it can be good and bad. No, it can be good and bad. I, I see what you're saying. You're, no, you're right about that. I can give you that. 
Nothing petrifies me more than a $400 million contract because, I mean, we're already screwed financially, so eventually that does come with consequences. And I I really want to see what High and Bloom can do. You know, the the he likes to wheel and deal and gets pretty good value, and I'd love to see that type of magic in Boston. I think we're always going to be a, a top-five payroll one way or the other. But you know we'll we'll see how it goes. Max, what what are your thoughts on Mookie? You a big pro Mookie guy? You know, do you want to keep him or what? What's your mindset? I I've kind of accepted the fact that he's gonna be gone either way. So you might as well try and get at least something out of him. And I think that if they do trade him or let him go, and you know don't pay him a ridiculous amount of money in order to potentially open up a window a couple of seasons from now to make another move and potentially go for another title. That's fine with me because I think that at this point with Mookie, it's, it's as, it's as good as it's going to get. You've already seen, you've already seen the best of it. And I don't, I just don't think that these long $350 million contracts work 99% of the time. So I'd be fine with a trade. Yeah, you know, and then it'll be interesting to see what they do with Bradley if that happens, because that leaves Ben Attendee as your only outfield. We are thin in the outfield, so um, yeah. I ho- hopefully there's uh, some ideas getting kicked around in the front offices. Uh, kicking uh, into uh, MLB wide mode here. Garrett Cole, Yankees have made an offer. Well, they're about to make an offer, according to reports. Seven years, uh, $245 million. That's an average annual value of $35 million a year. That would make him the highest paid pitcher in baseball annually, as well as an all-time record, you know, as far as the life of the deal. Does it bother you guys that we might be seeing him quite a bit in the AL East? I've just come to accept it, unfortunately. Because think about it this way. You knew the Yankees were going to be in play this offseason for a big-time starting pitcher at the at the front of their rotation. Eric Cole fits in perfectly because he's a big name. They want to throw the money at him. And, I mean, look at the contract offer they're going to throw at him. Like you just said, 7 for 245. Typical Yankee contract. And, I mean, I know the Red Sox give him price, $31 million. Yeah, I know all that. But the Yankees need it desperately a front-line starter, and that's exactly what they're trying to do in getting Garrett Cole. What are your thoughts, Max? I mean, it doesn't surprise me, but I've already kind of mentally prepared myself for it to happen. I mean, the Yankees haven't won a World Series in the whole 10 years. They're getting a little desperate, so – won't shock me to see Garrett Cole in pinstripes next season. I'll hate it, but it won't shock me. He, uh, Brian Cashman, Yankees GM, was like scaling the side of a skyscraper because he I, he posted something at the top of it or whatever, and he's really doing everything he could do to try to get Cole to the Yankees. But I think... I think the contract he ends up getting will probably be closer to three hundred million. If a team's willing to go an eighth year at you know thirty-five million a year, that brings it up to two eighty. So I just 
a lot of teams have the need for him. The Dodgers no longer have Hunjin Ryu or Rich Hill, so there's a need there. Cole is a West Coast guy. That's where, you know, he grew up. So there's a natural, you know, there's a natural comfort there. I I don't know that he's in love necessarily with the Yankees. So I could see the Dodgers being a team that that makes a play for him. And uh, the Padres as well are, are under a lot of pressure. You know, their rebuild is kind of taking a while. They made, you know, the move for Machado last year, Hosmer the year before. So I could see them doing something a little erratic. You know, A.J. Preller, their GM, is uh, known to to uh, do stuff like that. And they did just add Drew Pomerantz as well. I think he's going to the bullpen. But those are a couple of teams that kind of fit, you know, maybe towards... Cole's preferences so I I wouldn't say that the Yankees are definitely going to get him but they're going to get somebody for sure can confirm they will get a top line starting pitcher because they need it like Max said they're hungry for a World Series so it just seems inevitable at this point I also wonder, you know, how that contract could affect the Yankees in the short term, you know, the next year or two, it's probably not going to hurt them at all. They were over the luxury tax this past year, but they still have a pretty good farm system, a pretty good core of players. Looks like Gardner's going to be coming back. Not so much Gregorius, but there's a ton of depth there where I think if you want to be an optimist for the Red Sox, Three or four years down the line, they're going to have to pay Judge big money. They're going to have to pay Sanchez big money. Uh, Glaber Torres will be, let's see, not this year, but next year. He goes into arbitration. So after four seasons from now, he's probably going to be in line for a contract in the neighborhood of $30 million annually. So you got Judge, Sanchez, Torres. I'm going to... Put Luis Severino in that category, and I'm going to boldly assume, and maybe it's not bold at this point, that they are stuck with that Giancarlo Stanton contract. So I think they could kind of enter the same purgatory the Red Sox are currently in, and they went through this after the 2011 season. And so if you want to be an optimist, I think that is when the Cole contract can be a, a little bit painful for the Yankees. It's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to see what happens. That's all I got to say. Yeah, I would tend to agree. And I think that's why the Red Sox are kind of punting on next year and possibly the year after because they're getting ready for the Yankees to have to pay all those contracts and be stuck in the same situation that they are currently. Yeah, and I mean, this coming season, you know, as far as the Red Sox are concerned, what are you going to get out of Chris Sale? There were reports this week he is throwing once again. Uh, Dr. Andrews has uh, basically cleared him to resume baseball activities um, you know, if, if we still do have David Price, what are we getting? How many Yankee starts is he going to chicken out of? Cause he did that at least twice last season. Um, all of them. <laughs> oh, was it all of them? 
And no, uh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm saying he will chicken out of the ball. He'll get a belly ache, or his pinky will will be sore. My tooth hurts. Yeah. And then if Ackersley comments, then you know all hell's gonna break oh. loose. But um, so you don't know. You really don't know what you're getting out of Price. And then of course, Avaldi is a huge wild card. It's tough to feel good about the Red Sox rotation. And, you know, we talked about, uh, or did we talk about Rick Porcello? I'm not crazy about him coming back. I get the fact that he's going to eat innings, but that's a roller coaster. I'm kind of sick of riding. And, I mean, if he couldn't pitch well in his contract year last year, I'd hate to have to rely on him this year. Because, I mean, if if Porcello has to put the Red Sox on his back because the rest of the rotation isn't pitching well, we're in deep trouble anyway. Uh, This next season is going to be such a shit show, and I'm not looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be rough, but honestly, I don't hate the idea of bringing him back He's as a number four starter or something like that. It's not like he's making $20 million anymore, so it's fine. I, It's whatever. I agree next season is just going to be kind of – it's going to be a drag, but I think hopefully a couple of years from now it'll it'll be worth it. Yeah, let's hope so. Another thing too is you just you need to shake up the chemistry a little bit in that clubhouse, and it's looking like Holt might not be back, which is more painful than anything to me because his versatility just gives you so much stability in a lot of different ways, and he he was pretty clutch off the bench in a pitch hitting role, and you know so. Ugh. Is that alcohol you're drinking, Al? No, it's water. <laughs> I just uh, no. If I drank alcohol, I'd feel even worse. Oh, so. Okay. Maybe, maybe maybe during like a Sunday night game. Yeah. So I don't know, but uh, yeah, I guess we just kind of blew through everything really quick. You know, I didn't think uh, I thought we'd be closer to the hour mark. Um. Max, give me a bold prediction this week, whether it's Red Sox related or not. A bold prediction. Um, wow, that's tough. Uh, I believe that David Price goes to the Rangers. I heard. I. I, I I read something recently about how they are interested in trading for a starting pitcher. So it wouldn't. I don't think it's a terrible fit. Like you mentioned earlier, they do want to compete next season. Price gives them a good chance to do that. So that's my prediction. It's an interesting one. And uh, there was a, a report that the uh, Rangers were kind of looking at Red Sox pitching uh, uh, roughly a month or so ago. So – and. David Price as well. I mean, for any team that misses out on Strasburg and Cole, I mean, Price is owed a lot of money per year, but it's only a three-year deal. And 
not a huge risk. And if we're going back to normal baseballs for 2019, much like we saw in the playoffs, instead of those balls that were flying out all season, I think that would play better in Price's favor because he can kind of go back to pitching to contact again, which is something I don't think many pitchers were comfortable, you know, with how many of them just ended up going over the fence. So if the stars align right, I think David Price could get a lot of looks for, you know, for those teams that miss out on Strasburg and Cole. Let's see here. A bold prediction for you, Terry Cushman. I got to come up with something really bold. Jackie Bradley Jr. gets traded and is no longer a part of the Red Sox, and he will no longer bring misery to my life. <laughs> that is my prediction. Wow. Uh, okay, Max, if, Max you, if there's one thing you're going to learn about me on this show, and Terry can attest to this, I cannot stand Jackie Bradley Jr. with a passion. All right. I, Good to know. I hate Jackie Bradley. I, I am on the same boat as uh, Al. I think Al's driving the boat, though. And uh, I'm just kind of... I'm, ca- I'm, ca- I'm the captain of the boat. Yeah, yeah, you definitely are. Um, I, I'm i tired of the painful slumps and the automatic outs. You know, It was nice to see him mash against the Astros a couple Octobers ago. But... Um, but I just think if you are looking to refresh the chemistry a little bit, you know, and I, I think Bradley is a good trade candidate. There is plenty of interest in him. So I don't know how much of a bold take it is. Maybe if you're tortured like Al, it could, it could be, um, but he could be gone. Here's my bold prediction and uh, it's not Red Sox related, but it could affect the Red Sox. The Tampa Bay Rays make a trade with the New York Mets for Noah Syndergaard. Ooh. That is interesting. Noah's leaving very well. Yeah. That's why they pay him the big bucks. The the Mets uh, were kind of shopping him last July, and they ended up getting Stroman. They still will have DeGrom, who could very well win his third Cy Young in a row. Uh, Steven Matz, if healthy, could, you know, contribute, you know, in a productive way. So you could make the case, and I don't know if there's like a, a clubhouse issue with Syndergaard. I know he's very outspoken. There was also an issue uh, the season before last. They wanted him to have an MRI on, I think, his shoulder or something. And then in his very next start, in the very first inning, he he sustained a pretty bad lat injury and, uh, you know, probably should have just had the MRI like the team wanted. And uh, so I, I think there there could be some motivation to move on. And I think Tampa's get, you know, really wants to bolster that rotation. Snell and Glass now both on the DL for much of uh, 2019. But, um, you know, a little bit of reinforcement there, uh, you know, could really make them, uh, you know, a, a dark horse for the division win. So... You guys see Blake Snell's comment to uh, Tommy Pham getting traded when he was on Twitch? I yeah, heard he it. Did not like. Go ahead, Max. I don't. I don't remember exactly what he said, but he 
basically said he, he didn't like it. I don't remember. I don't remember what he said specifically. Uh, I'm I'm gonna find the exact quote. Terry, say what you were gonna say. I'm gonna find that quote. I know that he wasn't a fan of it as well, but I didn't uh, end up listening to the audio, and it was a surprising move because I thought they got a steal by getting him from the uh, Cardinals a couple of trade deadlines ago, and he was a solid contributor last year, and uh, you know traded to uh, the Padres. So interesting. So so the quote from Blake Snell. And he was streaming video games on Twitch. The quote was, "We gave up fam up. We gave fam up for a Renfro and a damn slapdick prospect." <laughs> Love that. But I heard, I heard that I couldn't help but chuckle. Yeah, it was, it, it was too perfect with timing. Yeah, showing a little bit of personality there. You know, you don't hear too much out of those Tampa guys, and. Uh, and uh, yeah, he wasn't a fan of it, and it was a surprising move. So I I, I get why he he was probably surprised. They did get Hunter Renfro back in that deal, and and uh, Renfro can mash, but he's a strikeout machine, and uh, his his OBP is is pretty low. So um, you know, I, I guess I can see why uh, you know the Padres were looking to make an upgrade. I mean, I like I like Fam more than Renfro, so I understand why he's upset, and I'm glad he put a little edge to himself because Tampa Bay needs it out there. So, good on him. Yeah, and I saw Fam on uh, MLB Hot Stove, I think it was, and it was only maybe a week and a half ago, and he was talking very optimistically about the team, and he seemed happy to be there, and they just shipped him. So, kind of a, a cutthroat world, but... Um, any final thoughts before we uh, wrap? Can't wait to see the winter meetings and uh, can't wait to be at Red Sox winter weekend to see if anything big happens. Uh, excited to see what happens. I don't really expect a ton, but hopefully we get something to talk about. I'm just doing a quick uh, MLB trade rumor sweep right now. That's where I get a lot of my stuff uh, outside of Twitter, but uh, no, it's all uh, Hall of Fame talk by the looks of it. Uh, Marvin Miller was uh, elected by the Veterans Committee and another uh, another uh, old school uh, guy that I <laughs> admittedly am not familiar with. Was it Ted Simmons, so, you know, the one guy on the list a lot of Red Sox fans were, were looking at was Dwight Evans, but he fell four votes short, uh, which is a lot because there's only 16 guys on the committee, but Marvin Miller, Ted Simmons will go to Cooperstown. So we'll we'll touch on the Hall of Fame, though, on, on another show. I think that uh, gets announced in January, and Al and I will fight over steroids, like much like I have my my previous host. So well, beautiful. All right, Look forward to it, guys. Thanks for uh, coming on, and uh, we'll. Uh, I don't know. I think Jason Kelly will be with me later in the week, but there will be a show on Thursday night for everybody listening to kind of recap. And I won't rule out an emergency podcast if 
if a big uh, story were to break uh, in regards to the Red Sox. So uh, have a good night, everyone, and uh, take care.